Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, three strikes delegation. Here we go. Folks, please come to the website and take a look at our conference schedule for 2014. We have over 100 dates where we're presenting the Effective Manager and Effective Communications Conferences. And we're often asked when I'm doing conferences. Uh, it's important to note that it's very possible I won't be doing any conferences after 2014 just because of our growth. So keep that in mind. Folks who've been listening to us for a long time know that the Manage Tools delegation model is based on asking, I say again, asking one's directs to take over new responsibilities. So, of course, <laughs> if you ask, they can say no. So what happens if a direct keeps saying no, Mark? Yeah, it's rare, but it does happen. And, you know, there are people who always hate it when we talk about this, but the fact is there are consequences for that. And one of the jobs of the managers is to visit consequences on people, and this is one of those times. They're not big consequences, and they're in the future, but they're noteworthy, so we got to talk about them. So, four things. Asking is more powerful and more risky. We want to cover that again. And we do have to honor the no initially. We have a cast about that. We'll cover that briefly. After two no's, we want to examine our assumptions a little bit and ask ourselves some questions about whether or not we have concerns about the relationship and so on. And then after three no's, we, we've got to be willing to explain the consequences. And, and they can be severe. We're not going to threaten to fire anybody, but they can be severe. Uh, and Mike, I thought I'd do something a little bit different here. Um, this is another one of those casts where at the end, I provide people some wording. And it always seems when we're at conferences, you've seen this, where we share how to say something. People are quite surprised. They really appreciate it. Um, and they wish they had it recorded. So I thought what we do is to save those people who really think that they don't care why we do these things or want to go into the detail that I, I do the, the speech or the how we talk to our direct, how it might sound twice, once at the beginning and once again at the end. How do you feel about that? Oh, yeah, that that's right? a good that's a good idea. Okay. Yeah. So look, guys, if you're if you're one of those people who say you want the cast to be five minutes long, we think you're crazy, but we also understand that that, you know, sometimes you don't have a lot of time. So here's how it might sound to talk to somebody who has said no to three delegations in a row. You're going to miss a lot, but here it is. And my guy's name's Robert. And we're doing this in a one-on-one, -on -one, by the way. You've turned down three recent delegation asks I've made of you. I don't think you're aware of the consequences of that. I wouldn't have asked you if you couldn't say no, meaning, look, if I wanted to tell you to do it, uh, just force you to do it, I could have, but I didn't. So, so I'm not saying that the no is wrong. That said, I didn't expect such a clear pattern of you avoiding new or change responsibilities. Look, the fact is our company is changing all the time. Our mission may not change, but our products, our services, our prices, our processes, our systems are all changing all the time. You and I both know that. It's the nature of the market. And that means that's the nature of the firm. And that makes it part of our nature as professionals too. None of us, including you, can simply choose to stay still or to not change. Here's what's happening, Robert. You're sending a message that you won't change or grow. And, and there's no place for that here. Your lack of willingness to improve your productivity limits your ability to get more of what you want from the firm, whether that's pay or benefits or a better assignment. To be candid, if a fellow manager asked me to vouch for you because you had talked about going to work for them, I'd have to share that when you were asked to do more to help, to step up, 
you've shown a pattern of not wanting to do that. I can't imagine that makes you more marketable internally. Promotions are certainly not in the picture. You've basically taken yourself out of the better future opportunities market at the firm. And, and that won't change until you change the way you handle new and different responsibilities. And look, I'll give you even a more concrete example if you're saying, well, you know, I don't want a promotion. It's really hard for me to give you a five out of five score on teamwork or adaptability or leadership when I do your annual performance review if you won't help with the new or the additional work. You know, getting a five out of five, the number scores on a thing, that's usually a rubber stamp. But they aren't for you now. I, I can't imagine as well that your peers aren't noticing that when you say no, they get more work. That's not team play. That's not being a leader. And I don't want that on my team. And the fact is, I believe you can do more. And I want to encourage you to think about doing so in the future. That's all. Okay. And, you know, I, I think one thing that surprises people about that is we try to be somewhat matter of fact and not not pleasant. I don't want to sound pleasant like, hey, right. how's it going? Right. But we don't threaten or the, the tone of voice is not threatening when we do this, because if it is, people get defensive because we have power. And when people get defensive, they're not learning. And they, they, they blame you for being mad at them and they think what they did was reasonable or they wouldn't have done it. Um, so I hope that helps for those of you who would like to skip right to the end. Um, and now we need to get back to the, to the real work of doing the cast in order, which now means I have to put my show notes back in order, which I'm not sure I can do. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to top and I'm going to, I'm going to pretend like I didn't, I didn't yeah. hear all that. It never happened. <laughs> so I can never answer happened. So I can be the straight man. The high D's are so happy. So we ask now it's risky, right? If, if I ask for them to take something on versus telling them, which would probably be my natural tendency, they can say no. So it seems to me that there's a, a lot of risk in asking them. So why, why would I possibly want to ask them when they could say no? Yeah, it's more powerful, but it, there is risk. When we command people through our role power, if we don't, we're essentially not allowing dissent, we tend to get compliance or what we call compliance energy. Compliance, feeling like I have to do something, is characterized by lower energy and less creativity and implementation. Sure, they'll do it. They understand they're addicted to food, clothing, and shelter, and you're responsible for that. You control the flow of food, clothing, and shelter to them, at least in an abstract kind of way. But they'll also more easily claim difficulty on the project or the task, or they'll re request help or resources more often. When we ask, we get commitment energy. Free adults who verbally accept a request are much more likely to commit to what they're doing, to be more creative, to power through obstacles. Want to beats have to every time in terms of results. So we want that. And we understand that there's risk and there are ways to mitigate that risk. One of them is, gee, you should do one-on-ones and have a good relationship. The likelihood of a yes is definitely related to the strength of the relationship with the pe person you're asking. The idea of asking, doesn't work well unless you've invested in communicating regularly about topics of value. You know, so let's not wonder how, though that's one-on-ones. 
And this is where I often tell people, it's manager tools, which is, by the way, Mike's, Mike named the company, um, because it is like a toolbox and they work together. They do different tasks, but they support one another. You know, if you put together a pretty big project, there are probably nails, there are probably screws, there were probably nuts, there are probably bolts. And there are all kinds of different tools that were used and they all create a coherent whole. And if you're not doing one-on-ones now, don't bother trying to do three strikes delegation by asking your directs. It won't work. It won't. You need to have a solid relationship. Your direct needs to believe that you care and believe about them. And the average boss who's not doing one-on-ones is not perceived that way by their directs. Okay? And look, if you don't ask, the benefit of that is you can't be told no. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right? The the question is, you'd have to do the, the energy math to see if I got told no, sometimes, would I end up with less effectiveness overall over all the projects I got told yes and no to versus getting the compliance interview by saying you have to do it. Right. All of our data shows that the commitment energy we get is worth the risk we we take. And that's why we say one-on-ones and so on to mitigate that risk as much as possible. Right. And we don't want to turn this cast into a delegation model task. There's a lot. Mm. If you haven't listened to that, exactly. folks, then you need to go and listen to that because there's some s- stuff that's unsaid. One of them is that your directs are not going to say no that often, right? It's, they don't. It's, they really don't. Yeah. And by the way, you don't say, I need your help. And you don't say, I'd like a favor. And if those are phrases you use and you don't know why we're telling you those are phrases you shouldn't use, then you need to listen to the delegation cast because we have data which shows that those phrases are bad. So you ask somebody to take on a new responsibility. Right. And they say, no. Of course they can. The whole, the, <laughs> come on. I want to ask somebody, but I'm going to ask you, but you can't say no. <laughs> right. Okay. So they well, can't say boss, no. So, so, so why are you asking me? Well, because I was told I need to ask you, but you can't say no because I really need you to do this for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's build some Potemkin villages. But you don't really mean that. I mean, those who've listened to the delegation model cast know the answer. Yeah. I mean, you, don't, you don't really mean it, though, right? I mean, it's not like they can really say no. Exactly. Let's start, let's start a snipe hunt by having people go back through all of our casts and talk about the things we really don't mean. <laughs> um, no, we have an entire cast. I'm pretty sure we have an entire cast called Never Ask a Question Whose Answer You Don't Intend to Honor. If you're not going to honor the answer that you give to people then you ought not to ask. And, and proving that, that principle is best proved through the negative. If you ask a direct a question, you're implying that their answer has merit. If they give you the answer you so supposedly didn't want, and you say, well, I, you know, they, I say, hey, Mike, I need to do something. Would you please do X? No, no, no I'm no. sorry, boss. I'm really busy. And I say, well, I don't think you understand what's going on here. Right. And bosses do this all the time. Yeah, they do. Yeah. You're essentially saying, I expected you to say the right thing, what I wanted. And you should have known the question was really just window dressing. And now I'm going to get what I wanted all along through the use of my role power. And look, if you start overruling answers to some of the questions you pose, you're going to cause your directs to tell you what you want to hear in every situation, even if it's wrong or it's false or it's unethical. The trumping of honest answers through your power leads to dishonesty, period. So look, let's not revisit that cast. Go listen to that cast. Never ask a question whose answer you don't intend to honor. Um, So if they they say no, we're obligated to accept it. 
Now, look, usually that means one of two things tactically. Either you're going to ask another direct, which, by the way, works far better than most people expect, or doing the work ourselves. Strategically, though, it also suggests that we need to look at our relationships efforts, our relationship efforts and ask, you know, did I not see something? Was I unaware of their, what their situation was? And look, our, our data shows the overwhelming majority of no's to delegation asks are based on workload issues. Now, sometimes they're right. They have too much to do, but it's pretty rare. Most of us are surprisingly elastic when it comes to taking on more work. More can be taken on than we think. Sometimes you have to figure out what someone's line is between eustress and distress. Sometimes you have to push the eustress into distress to know where that line is. Look, we'll talk some other time about the best responses to the no um, beyond um, just accepting it. For those directs who aren't development-minded, probably our best guidance or some of our guidance is in, my direct doesn't want to change. The fact is nobody gets to stay flat. Flat, I want to stay in my job and I don't want my job to change. That flat is declined because the world's growing. To actually stay flat relative to where you are today, you have to grow at some organic rate to keep pace with the change of the world, which hopefully you remember hearing when I gave a little speech I'm going to do again at the end of the cast. Now, look, we're now going to start talking about what you do after two no's and after three no's. But all of our guidance at this point assumes the use of our previous guidance about asking, about honoring the no, about having relationships, and so on. If you ignore the previous stuff, what comes after, what, I'm, what we're about to share with you, is much harder and much less likely to be effective. And I don't want this cast to be long, and yet we've got to give you the predicates, uh, you know, the stuff that happened before, to make sure you do it right. Yeah. So after one, again, go back and listen to the de- delegation model cast if you haven't, but after the first time they say no, you, you accept a no, right? Now it's the second time and not necessarily on the same delegation, right? The same uh, responsibility you want to delegate, but now you've, you've tried to delegate to, to them a second time and they say no. Now what? After the first one, you, you told no, you accept it. You probe, you try to overcome the objection. I think we've given guidance about that. And then you honor that no and you walk away. Second time in a row, maybe it's a week later, maybe it's two weeks later, same thing. They say no. You probe a little bit. You try to overcome, find out what their objection is, and then attempt to address it. Then, if it's no again, you honor it. But before you ask someone else, you step back and you say, you know, let's think about their workload a little bit. What do I think their workload is? Is it even close to being overwhelming? Is this part of a weakening of our relationship that has larger implications? Look back over the past few weeks for clues to a change in your relationship. Could be behavior changes, might be tone changes in conversations, might be the amount of communication you're having. You could count the number of emails, uh, different tone in your emails and their emails to you. Changes in schedule, changes in mood, changes in attendance, changes in behaviors in meetings or interactions. Look at all that stuff and say, is there writing on the wall that I haven't seen? And it's, it's okay to admit it. Whoa, I missed it. Hmm. This is what you do. Periodically, you double check, right? You, you test your assumptions. And my assumption is we have a good relationship and he communicates in a way that's effective and reasonable and so on. And this is one of those things, by the way, why when companies say, well, we're going to do virtual teams that I just shake my head. 
Virtual teams can work, but virtual teams take managers who are really good. And there are all kinds of things that are made harder by a virtual or remote team, and these are some of them. Look, let me also say something about in a row, okay? Um, it's not unusual for someone to say yes to several asks, several delegations, and then say no for some reason, followed by more yeses. Let's say you got five yeses and then a no, and then four more yeses over three or four month period, and then you get another no. Those two no's don't qualify as a pattern. If they did, if two no's like that were, were a pattern of concern, we'd be saying that a yes is really mandated anyway, right? That's right. What we're talking about in, in this guidance is the director says no repeatedly is a pattern. Now, I want to say something else. People get confused about delegation versus task assignment in the same way that they can get confused about the word coaching. Related to this, remember, we do not delegate work. We don't use delegation asking on work that is properly the, the directs already. We don't delegate a development task to one of our software developers. Okay, We don't delegate an engineering project designed to improve the um, the maintenance schedule or the, the maintenance problems on a particular machine on the floor to one of our manufacturing engineers. That's a task that they're normally responsible for, and we're assigning it to them, and that's different guidance. Just want to be clear about that. Yeah, delegation is about asking them to do something that you would normally do as a manager. Yeah, that is going to become, it, it is going to be permanent responsible, they're going to be permanently responsible for something that up until now you've been doing. This is part of how organizations grow. But okay, yeah, that was just an aside. So after two, we take time in a one-on-one -on -one to ask these questions of the direct. Now, look, you don't, you don't actually have to ask them during the one-on-one. -on -one. You just have to be ready to have a five-minute conversation, okay? And it doesn't work to ask these bigger questions of yourself or them if you say, hey, I, you know, how you feeling? How you doing? You know, are we doing okay? That kind of stuff. And you'll probably won't get much of an answer, but it will help them understand that you're paying attention. But but again, you don't have to do these in a one-on-one. -on -one. And if you do them right, if you ask them right after they say no, they're going to defend the no rather than switching gears and analyzing the situation at a higher level, which is what you're trying to do. Give them some time to reflect. Um, so they, again, so they don't feel they have to defend what they just said, the no. And, and the one-on-one -on -one is just a natural place to ask those questions. I don't think, we're not suggesting you say, have you had any behavior changes or have you had any tone changes? We're just suggesting you look at those things. Um, and if you can't, you can just ask a couple of big picture questions. And that gets to three. So after one no, we try to sell them, we try to convince them, but in the end they say no, we walk away. The second, second time, we do the same thing in terms of trying to sell them on, on the idea. They say no. We walk away. We question our assumptions. Okay. Right. How, okay. <laughs> you know, my ID is being tested here. <laughs> so what do we right. do? After, yeah. What do we do after three no's? I mean, surely it's got to change a little bit. Please. Yeah. First of all, we accept. We probe. We attempt to understand why they've said no and 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 over potentially overcome it overcome the objection classic sales technique and, you, and then you accept the no right i mean it's a bummer and it's serious and this one is different 
Um, now we have to have a different conversation. And again, it's best to have it in the one-on-one and you give up your agenda for this one because it can be a 15 to 30 minute conversation because hopefully it will become a conversation based on the thing you say. And look, guys, if they've taken 20 minutes of the, inter- of, of the one-on-one and you only have 10 minutes left and this ends up being a 30 minute conversation, there's nothing wrong with going long in a one-on-one for a strategic conversation, nothing, right? So at three no's, the reason we've waited till three is that our direct has now established a pattern of behavior, okay? The pattern's important because any one delegation saying no to it doesn't suggest anything other than perhaps a busy schedule or bad timing or a misunderstanding. Even two uh, no's in a row, we want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it's legitimately a schedule issue followed by a legitimate bad timing issue. But three is a pattern that allows us to reasonably infer that they are making a conscious choice to avoid doing the work the organization expects them to do. Additional work or new work or different work are all signs, assuming the choice is made ethically, of an organization growing or changing. There's no sustainable organization not doing those things, getting new work, additional work, different work, and so on. We as managers end up being the enabler, the motivator, and yes, sometimes even the enforcer of the requirements of the organization. Even if that requirement was created by your own decision. So do we say? Yeah, we explain that they really are authorized to say no because we asked. But even if they do say no, the organization is constantly changing focus and attention. It's constantly trying to grow, which is a form of change. That means all of us have to grow or change. The nature of the marketplace, the company, is that, and therefore the company and therefore us, is that they're always changing. We have to change too. We have to, we have to allow the organization to keep up with the society it serves. We have to change because if we don't change, the organization won't change. And if society changes and the organization doesn't change, we're obsolete. So what that means is that all of our decisions, all of our actions, all of our direct decisions and actions lead to the organization's success or failure. The organization feels the consequences of its actions, either more profits for better products or lower costs or less profit and more risk for poor, poor products and services. And we feel the consequences of our actions. For them, the consequence of failing to accept the new work that others are having to do and perhaps they're not, the others are not doing it as well because of their increased workload, as a loss of your confidence in them. That's a consequence. Hmm. Further is, is they've become, you know, they're failing to be a team player. And it's an indication they're not committed to the mission of the organization. So, again, let's, let, let me, uh, that was the high level. I wanted you to have those kind of thoughts in your head. I don't, you don't need to say that. We translated it into simple simple language. That was sort of a high level thing. So here's, again, here's how it might sound like I started at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the cast. Um, and, and for those of you who are real fans, you'll appreciate that I'll say it slightly differently. For those of you who don't want to keep replaying this, of course, we have show notes, if you're a licensee, that um, this is all written down. But because we don't read our show notes verbatim, you'll discover I'll probably say it differently than I did 15, 20 minutes ago. So here's how it might sound. Robert, um, I'm sure you've noticed, I've noticed that you've turned down three recent delegation asks I've made of you. I suspect because you've done it, you, you're not aware of the consequences of doing that. I wouldn't have asked you, I want you to understand this, I wouldn't have asked you if you couldn't say no, right? And at the same time, 
I didn't expect such a clear pattern from you of avoiding new or change responsibilities. By the way, folks, at some point when the direct realizes what's happening, they might very well interject, or if they're high D, they might interrupt. And that's the time to be even more calm, to just wait and say, why don't you give me a minute? Let me finish. And while that is a power move, it will also help the direct calm down. Now, if a direct listens to this entire thing and, and just puts himself on boil, um, you know, a slow rolling boil followed by a fast rolling boil, well, they're responsible for their own actions. You might be poking them on that umbrella, but they're getting mad all by themselves. So, all right, I'm going to pick up where I left off. The fact is, Robert, the company is changing all the time. Maybe the mission doesn't change, but our products, our services, our prices, our processes, our systems, all this stuff is all changing all the time. It's the nature of the market, which, which because we serve the market, is the nature of the firm. And that makes it part of our natures as professionals, too. None of us, you included, can simply choose to stay still or not change. It can't be done. So here's what's happening. You're sending a message by saying no that you won't change or grow. And there's no place for that on my team. Your lack of willingness to improve your productivity limits your ability to get more of what you want from the firm, whether that's pay or benefits or a better assignment. To be candid, if, a, if another manager, if Ozan asked me to vouch for you because you had talked to him about going to work for him, I'd have to share that when you got asked to do more on a repeated basis to help to step up, you showed me a pattern of not wanting to do that. I can't imagine that makes you more marketable internally. Promotions are certainly not in the picture. I think raises are in question. You've basically taken yourself out of the better future opportunities market in the firm. And that won't change until you start stepping up. And look, it's really hard. Let's talk about performance reviews. You know, it's August right now. You're going to get your review in December, January. It's really hard for me to give you a five out of five score on teamwork or leadership or adaptability on your performance review when you won't help with the new or additional work. Those, that five out of five on our number scale that we use on the, on the form, those are usually rubber stamps. Somebody gets a four or you, know, you could get a three, that's gonna be noted in HR. There are gonna be questions asked. And those fives aren't rubber stamps for you anymore this year. And look, I also can't imagine your peers aren't noticing that when you say no, they get more work. That's not team play. I think that's going to bite you at some point. And I don't want non-team players on my team. The fact is, Robert, you can do more. And I want to encourage you to think about doing so in the future. That's it. Now, look, guys, if you listen to that again, or if you're a licensee and you listen to show notes or read the show notes, Heck, I've even had a couple people tell me over the years they've used, they've put the show notes right in front of them and read them. You'll notice that there are consequences around the entire DISC model. You know, the high D can't get promoted. He can't get another job. He can't get a raise. The high S is hurting her fellow teammates, right? So there's, there's a little bit of pain to go around. I would encourage you to focus it a little bit more based on what you know about your direct. And the point of that is we're trying to be very direct, very clear. You know, you're already in danger of affecting your performance review. You're also not likely to be rewarded as much as you might like. And long term, there's the hint, pretty clear, I think. There's not a place for you here if you don't change. And you do this very matter-of-factly. And by the way, you'll notice it's not a discussion. Discussing things doesn't change behavior. 
If they ask to discuss it, demur, say no. Look, hey, I encourage you to think about it a bit before we talk. If you don't bring it up next week in our one-on-one, I will. Because what they're going to do is realize, uh-oh, they didn't realize, they thought they were getting away with it in many cases, and, and then they're going to say, well, let me defend. You don't want them to defend. You've already made up your mind. The point of view on this is you've already made up your mind that they have established a pattern. You had questions at two, but now your mind's made up. And that means they need to make up their mind, decide whether or not they want to continue sending this message or whether they want to change it. That's it. Yeah. Now, now look, well, let me mention one other thing that I've had several questions about recently that I thought, I thought surprised me, but also reminded me that maybe some of one of the manager tools assumptions is not clear to people. If you're doubting that you have the authority to say these things, including not work for me and my team and so on. We're going to talk about that in a future cast. I've I decided to add it. I never thought I would, but I think it's a good series of casts. But for now, try to remember that your role as a manager is to speak for the organization. I think that makes sense to you, to most people, right? The organization wants X, and so you have to speak X to your people. But I, I don't think that people understand that when you say you speak for the organization, they don't understand that that's the equivalent of you speak as the organization. You are the organization to your directs, whether you realize it or not. That's the whole point of managers, okay? You speak as the organization in situations where the leaders of the organization can't be there all every second to tell everybody everything. And if you have that authority associated with your role, your decisions, by definition, have carry with them the weight, the authority of the organization. You don't only have authority to enforce senior people's edicts. You don't only have authority to get people to do things that the company has said, this is what we're going to do. Okay. Good point. You have the ability and the responsibility to enact your own decisions at your level, and you get the weight of the company when you do that. Now, manager jewels is about relationship. What we're talking about here is the, the power that comes from your role, and it's not very leverageable in most situations, but it is helpful in terms of your mindset that you have the ability to do something like this. And look, we don't want you to visit, actually visit these consequences on your direct. We want this conversation to cause them to change their behavior. Shoot, it'd be wonderful. In fact, we've tested this. I've probably seen or heard or given this speech myself 50 times. It always works. Now, I've never seen it not work. People are like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And then they're asking for more work. And to be honest, it always works in the sense that some people are like, very clear, I don't want to change. I don't want to grow. I don't, you know, I'm tired of this. And the manager goes, okay, I'll start looking for somebody else. And this is the start of a manager beginning to process somebody out. It happens. It's too bad, but it happens. And we think it was probably a failure of the manager's part as well. Any firing, of course, is a failure of the manager's part. But if you go to, if you go to HR with six months worth of data like this, if somebody's saying no, they're not going to have any trouble backing you up. That's right. And, and folks, uh, just to be clear, if you haven't listened to the delegation cast, don't listen to this cast and then go do what Mark is suggesting. This is all within the context of, the, of our delegation model. Yeah, good. And I think that's it. That so, is. Yeah. Asking is more powerful. There is a risk. They might say no. We have to honor that no. Otherwise, we're sending the wrong message about ethics. After two no's, you examine your assumptions. And after three, you explain the consequences. Look, there are risks. But that doesn't mean you give up all power to your direct. The direct who says no repeatedly is saying no to company growth or personal growth or both. Neither one is acceptable. And make sure that there are consequences to their career and that they're clear to them. It works. All right, my friend. Thank you.
You bet, partner. Anytime. See you later. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. So long. <laughs>